Welcome to Pouring Over Pages, a podcast of words and wine. I'm Alexa. And I'm Maritza. Time to get lit on literature. Into the screen. Into Into the the screen. screen. (laughs) Lit on movies. Movies. (laughs) We are a movie watching club now. We are. And this is in part because of you guys. Yeah. We love to hear about the adaptations and what we think about them. And we've like chosen a lot of books that either have become adaptations or we've chosen them because we knew they would become adaptations. And it's just like a great conversation because... You can never really go wrong. No. You know, it's like, it can, it can be good for you, bad for me, but like the discussion is what makes it really interesting. So we had to discuss leave the world behind. Of course. Because, Um, duh. So many reasons. One, the book was, we both enjoyed the book, but the ending was controversial and I didn't know how I felt about that. Two. The Obamas produced it? Yes. The Obamas, my favorite people in the whole wide world, are attached to this project. So, obviously. So, obviously. Uh, Three. Why not? There you go. (laughs) I'm like... Three? Well, three, I think, because we are... Like, I'm not a movie person, Mm -hmm. but I'm always so fascinated by adaptations. Because I think that... They're just such an interesting way of like reacting to the time. Yeah. Because how you make a movie or how you portray characters in any given moment can change based on what is happening in the world. And so to take a book that feels very, to me, kind of timeless Mm -hmm. in a way, um, and then turn it into something that feels post-apocalyptic or maybe not post-apocalyptic, but feels very like, um, End of the world. world? Yeah, but... But the beginnings. The downfall of society and civilization? Yes, I would say that, but like... Like The rumblings of it. Definitely, but from a perspective that is more technological... Yes. ...and commentary on war than mm-hmm. the book was yes so we read this book a while ago a long this was time ago one of, i think this was our first ever uh spooky season yes read. yes i believe so and we chose it because it's more of a suspense thriller mm-hmm. it's not like a murder mystery or anything like that it's not a ghost story it's really about uh what is happening to the world And how it can change from one minute to the next and how human relationships are defined by tragedy and major shape-shifting in society. And so I loved the book. I'm a big fan. I've read the book, I think, two or at least, well, definitely two times. Definitely two. I think a third time. Yeah, I think a third time. Because I just think that it's just so well written. And even Mm -hmm. though I know what's going to happen, I still get tense. I still get stressed when I'm reading it. And I love that feeling. I love that thriller feeling. But when I, when I found out that this was going to come out as a film, I was like, oh, I know. I cannot wait. And you know that they threw money at it because you have oh. Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Kevin fucking Bacon randomly. You have all these well-known actors. Yeah, this is not like some random list. No. This is like a who's who. And I think it was just... Well, I'll, I'm just going to start. I think it was yeah. fucking great. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. really enjoyed it. I really liked it. We're going to talk about some of the differences, some of the things that I think worked, some of the things that I think didn't work. But overall, was I entertained? Yes. Mm-hmm. Overall, do I think that it creates that same level of stress and suspense and fear? Yeah. In yeah. a way that I enjoy. Yes. But, but no. Mm, interesting. Because for me... I realized what I didn't like in the book. Now I liked it because of the movie. 
didn't provide the same effect for me. So in the book, I was really upset that I never got a clear answer as to what the fuck was happening. Okay. Like I was like, what the fuck after all of this, I'm not really going to have a, a, like a final kind of wrapped in a bow. Like the world is ending from disease or wh- right. whatever. Right, right, like right. something. What is the thing? What is mm-hmm. the fucking thing? Right. And then in the movie, they change it and they tell you right off the bat what the fucking thing is. And I'm like, huh, I don't feel as tense. I don't feel as, mm. as like worried. I don't feel as like that eerie feeling of like, what the fuck is going down? Cause I'm like, oh, cyber attacks. Yeah, they're fucked. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the book, we didn't know what the thing was. So I'm like, it could be anything. Right. Literally anything. That's really interesting because I remember texting you when I was watching the movie and I texted you being like, ugh. And I scoffed and yes, I was like, I'm scoffed. so fucking annoyed. I'm already pissed. And it's because of that, because they tell you from almost the very, the beginning, very beginning that there is a cyber attack happening. And obviously, and for those of you who either haven't read the book or haven't watched the movie, very brief synopsis, this is a family that chooses to rent a house in Long Island and just to take a little trip outside of the city. And in the middle of the night, young black couple shows up to the house, to their rented house, knocks on the door and says, hey, something really weird is happening in New York City we were at the opera and we needed to go somewhere safe. There was a major blackout, so we wanted to come home. And of course, the people who were renting, Amanda and Clay, they're like, whoa, 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 like, who are you? We don't know you. We don't really know if this is your place. This is weird. And there is a race element. Oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot of uh, racial commentary in the book. I think that's a little a little bit more pronounced in the book than in, than mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, but they end up letting them in. And they essentially experience a lot of strange occurrences over the next couple of days. I think the book takes place like three, like three, two, three days. two or three it's, it's days. It's barely any time. It's yeah, barely yeah. Any but it's enough. Time. You're but like, But it's Whoa. enough for you to be like, wait, what is happening? And so some of those occurrences include uh, a ton of deer showing up to the property, flamingos yeah. showing up to the property um, and swimming in the pool. No internet, um, no, no internet, reception, no reception, no nothing, no connectivity to the outside world. Um, things like that. Loud noises. Yes. A very strange noise that, that almost made them like incapacitated yeah. for minutes at a time. So you're not really sure. So as, as you pointed out, the book is much more unclear mm-hmm. and leaves it to you to, to try and figure out, well, is it a cyber attack? Is it a terrorist attack? Is this the apocalypse? Is this war? Is this disease? Is it a combination of some of those things, right? The book is really intended, I think, to confuse you. And that's why I think it makes for a great book club book. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the kind of thing where people will be like, oh, but the noise could have been, it could have been a weapon of war. And and then it gets people really excited. So as as a book club book, I think it's fucking phenomenal. And, And if you haven't read the book, I recommend that you read it, but find a buddy who's also maybe interested in it and then chatting about it because I think it enriches the experience that much more. The movie, going back to my initial point of why I was annoyed when I texted you, was that the movie at the very beginning tells you there's there's a there's a sort of CNN screen, right? Mm-hmm. Like like yes. CNN is on the TV, and then suddenly you see CNN blackout, kind of come back really quick, and says like cyber attack, mm-hmm. and so you get a glimpse of it, and you're like, oh, so half an hour into the movie, you're like, oh, so they're gonna make it a cyber attack? Yeah. So I got annoyed because yeah, I was yeah. like, no, the whole point is that it be much more elusive and confusing. Yes. But I understand that 
when you're making a movie, there is this element, I think, a certain pressure to entertain. Yeah. And I think you can actually get away with a lot more with a book than you can with a movie. Yeah. I and get that. so what's interesting is that what what made you feel no stress um kind of did the opposite for me uh, because I was thinking, well, it's a cyber attack, but that doesn't explain the deer, it doesn't explain the flamingos. No. And those things happen later in the movie. So I was waiting. I was like, is this going to happen? They're like, are they going to show? And then they added stuff like the the ship scene. They never got to the beach in they the book. They never got to the beach. That is a completely made up made scene. Up, made up the, the tank. Well, I don't even know. That massive the cargo massive ship. Oil yeah, oil tanker. Yeah, that. So some of you might have seen that in the preview. If you haven't seen the movie where they're at the beach and then there's just, just a giant oil tanker that comes straight to the <laughs> beach. But a fun fact of something that I loved about the scene and that made the scene one of my favorites. Did you notice the name of the ship? No, I didn't notice. It's called the White Lion. Ah! And the White Lion is the very first ever ship that brought the first enslaved Africans to the United States. The White Lion is credited, is responsible for essentially starting the slave trade in what is modern day United States. Mm -hmm. So for them to have called it the white lion is a hundred percent, not a coincidence. That is definitely a statement. And I thought that was so clever because it's, it's, it's telling you that that boat is a sign of something that's going to shape shift society forever because that's what slavery did. Yeah. America was built on the backs of slaves. America is what it is because of slavery. So for them to have named the ship, the white lion for it to forcefully dock itself on the beach and referencing that slave ship, I think is really fascinating and kind of foreshadows Mm -hmm. what we see later in the book. So I love, I ate that shit up. That's what me as like the history nerd was like, love it. Clap, clap, clap. Who did that? I was like, who did that? Was that Michelle? Was that Michelle? I fucking loved it. I thought that was so Amazing. clever. That scene was totally made up, but I yeah. thought it was a great no. addition to the no, movie. It was good. I loved it. That was good. The planes crashing. That was crazy. That, that was, was also so scary. Made up. made up as fuck, but so effective in telling the story more of the cyber attacks and just like, because you walk into that scene, he walks into the scene, um, uh, George, G.H., the, the black man who's the, the black owner man. of the house. He goes to check on neighbors, let's say. Neighbors down the street, goes in and the whole yard is littered with things from inside the house almost like if it was raided or something yeah and you're like this is weird what's going on the door is open the windows are broken he walks in everything's like awry and and he walks to the backyard he's like hello hello anyone and what had happened was that a fucking plane fell from the sky crashed into the beach behind the house and caused a storm surge that went through the house and fucking oh my god it was really well done it was so it was well done such an intense scene and really scary but like what you said is interesting and so true like it it kind of reminds you of like what the power of what a cyber attack could yes. be, right? Like my dad loves to scare the shit out of me. I don't know if that he's just like an old school like person, but he's always like, you know, Mar, it's like you need to have cash because the yeah. day that there's a cyber attack, it's yeah. gonna be the banks. No one's gonna have money. All that money, money, and he does like little air quotes that you have in your bank account. That's not going to exist. And I'm like, shit, that's so fucking true. true. Because all it takes is like a hacker, a fucking 16-year-old kid living Mm -hmm. in the Philippines with a computer to like go in and just 
disrupt the entire American economy by hacking into like one or two banks. And it's like, then you think about the airplanes. The airplanes. And you think about all the things that we're connected to. You don't All think the about ways it. that we connect. And like, I The Teslas. The Teslas. The Teslas. I thought of you when I saw the Teslas. Of course, I don't have a white Tesla, but I have a red Tesla. And that would have been me fucking my car crashing into into other Teslas. Into other Teslas. That was a crazy scene. And I thought it was really interesting because I think the point of all of those scenes, especially the ones that were added in. These were all added. Yeah, these were all added. But I think the point of them was to show like, hey guys, are you keeping track of how many things Mm -hmm. you're dependent on that could at any given moment no longer serve you yes and that's a really scary and really fascinating thought and it forces us to go back to a time when like we didn't have cars that were essentially <laughs> computers and you know phones that could connect us with anyone at, at in yeah. any part of the world in an instant like none of these things almost feel real and the movie makes you realize just how dependent we are on these things that's not a new concept no, by any yeah. means but the way it was done in such a dramatic, in such a suspenseful thriller type way, I thought was fucking great. Yeah, they were awesome. I did not care that they were completely made up. It, it worked so well for the story totally. and illustrated like the severity of the situation at hand. So that I was like, cool, I'm on board for this ride. This works for me. Agreed. And apart from the added scenes, there was also slight character changes. Mm-hmm. One main one, which is that Ruth, the young woman... The young black woman who comes to the house and says, oh, this is my house. In the book, that is the wife of G.H. Whereas in the movie, it's the daughter. And I thought that was interesting. I think that it was changed because she added a certain... I don't know. Young, sassy Young, sassy vibe that yeah. made everyone feel a little bit more on edge. And that way you didn't have just a whole bunch of people that were approximately the same age yeah. trying to figure something out. Yeah. Um, it worked in the book, but maybe in the movie it would have felt a little bit like, why are all these boomers trying to figure out yeah, like, exactly. what a cyber attack is, right? It opened up the audience for, for Exactly. Them. It made it, I think, a little bit more relatable. I think she was a great character. Yeah, she I was think cool. she was um just the right amount of annoying yeah you know where like you're like oh my god she's kind of right though (laughs) yeah yeah she's like they're poking pulling at like your band-aid or something yeah okay she was good so that was that was a good change yeah that was a good change i didn't mind it i didn't mind it at all and then the the interesting kind of uh storyline that's happening at the same time as everything that we just described the cyber attack the blackout this the that whatever is Young Rosie, who is the daughter of Amanda and Clay, who rent the house, she is on her way to Long Island in the car with her family. She's watching Friends. I know. And she loves the show Friends. I'm a Seinfeld girl, so I will never relate to Rosie, but I give it to Rosie for being so committed. And she's like watching it, and then suddenly it breaks off. She can't watch yeah, it. There's no reception anymore. No reception. She can't watch. And Julia Roberts, who plays Amanda, is like, look, when we get to the house, you can watch it. Just fucking chill. So obviously that never happens because we <laughs> see that the reception gets cut exactly. out. Everything TV, goes totally everything. haywire. <laughs> and she's not able to watch it. And this is like a constant thing. You're reminded of it. She goes and tells her brother, like, oh, I really wish I could have watched the friend season finale. I was so close. And and her brother makes fun of her for like caring about this, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and 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 being really insensitive. And the 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 whole narrative of her wanting to watch Friends is what carries us from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. And in between that, I just want to emphasize how important of a character Rosie is in the film. 
Rosie is the only character who sees the deer. Yes, it's hundreds of deer that gather outside yeah. of the house. She is the one who is she is the one who is the most attuned mm-hmm. to what's happening. And the book is somewhat like that. I think the book implies that that Rosie has this ability to better understand maybe because she's younger, um, but she's better to understand. It's, it's easier for her, I should say, to yeah. understand what's happening. And so in the movie, she's just this seminal character. She's such an important character because she's the one that really just kind of admits from the beginning, like shit is bad. Mm-hmm. And she becomes the foil to which the rest of the family is compared to. Yeah. And spoiler, everything in this episode is everything spoiler. Everything is spoiler. We're, we're recapping. <laughs> when she decides to disappear, and this is a real scene in the book, she decides to disappear. She goes and she finds this house that's not too far away from the house that they were renting where she crosses the woods. And she goes into the house and she starts like eating their food and she's like hanging out because they have all that yeah. all this stuff. It's like a really big mansion. Like yeah. No one's Huge there, but they've left everything behind. So she's just like sitting there. And in the movie, you hear Julia Roberts like screaming for her and sees the house. So you know for a fact, as a moviegoer, that she's going to find Rosie in this house. Yeah. Right? Rosie finds a bunker. Which is not in the book. Which is not in the book. And something else to note. So it gives you a little more hope. (laughs) Exactly. But something else to note is that in the book, there's also no reason to believe that anyone in the family ever finds Rosie. Yeah. So a lot of people complained, you, that the book didn't have the kind of conclusion that made you feel like, okay, this will happen, right? It wasn't a, it wasn't a, 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 a tie, a bow tie right at the end. But to me, it was very much implied, like Rosie is the only survivor in the book. Yes, yes. But in the movie, because you hear Julia Roberts screaming her name outside, yeah. and this girl finds, the, Rosie finds the bunker... It's implied that the family as a whole survives. And I would argue that it's also because Julia Roberts' character, Amanda and Ruth, the young black girl, that they're holding hands at the end of the film, looking at New York being bombed and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what that tells me is that they all make it to the bunker and that they survive. Yeah. Right? So to me, it is definitive. No, it is. In the movie, it's definitive. In the book, it's not. And I thought I wanted the definitive ending. But once I saw it, I'm like, eh, I didn't feel the same. And I also loved how they carried the ending of Friends in the in the bunker. They yes. had hundreds of DVDs, and she just so happens to pull out the season finale of Friends and plops it in the DVD player. And you hear the and you're just like, oh my god, this fantastic. is beginning to end. Like this is this is it's full circle now. I thought that was perfect. that was the perfect ending. That was so good. I thought that was perfect. My one confusing like my question is Kevin Bacon's character <laughs> yeah. mentions the bunker. He does. Why didn't he go there? Exactly. That's the first thing I thought of. Like he thinks his house is much better. Like, come on. Why did There's he some mention in the, country. the bunker? I don't know. I don't know. To a group of people that he was comfortable enough taking a fucking gun and pointing at, yes. at them. And then he's like, well, listen, if you want a place to go, just remember that the family down the street, you know, they uh, hired contractors and they didn't have the city come in and inspect it. So I guarantee you they've got something down there. 
It's like, why didn't he go check why it out? Why didn't he go? And so Rosie discovers it. And again, I think it's implied that they all go down yeah. there. When you look at the bunker, there's like a whole scene where like the camera's just shifting from one end of the bunker to the other. And like, I could live in that It's bunker. palatial. It's, it's, it's insane. Fucking wild. It's, it is it's so massive. It's bigger nice. than my house. <laughs> it is so nice. There's like, there, I mean, all the basics are water and there's like a, an enormous pantry that you could, you could eat that food for there's, the next three years. Um, there's like a hydroponic garden. Yes. There's, there's, the, there's, there's the garden. There's every, there's like an entire library of DVDs. So you yeah. could just watch TV for the rest of your fucking life. Massive there dining room. There was a room, gym. Gym. Everything. 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 You won't see the light of day, but you will survive. You will be fine and jacked. And I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so cool. And like the book does not provide a positive ending, no. but the book also doesn't tell you what happened in terms of what the, what the attack was. It, it doesn't say it's a cyber attack. And as a matter of fact, no. I think the book is, it's, I think it's not a cyber attack. It doesn't give you anything at all. It could be a fucking zombie apocalypse for all you know. Yeah, it could be my, my theory when I read the book was that it's war because that could explain the animals migrating. It could explain the noise. Yeah. It could explain the lack of reception mm -hmm. and connectivity. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it was always obvious that it was war when I was reading the book. That's the only thing that could explain all of those different, both technical and natural phenomena. The movie also kind of implies that it's war. Yes, yes, through a different um, moment in the book, that, that in the movie that is also in the book, but kind of slightly altered. So um, Clay, at one point, is driving down the road trying to find some information uh, about what's happening, maybe going into town, checking it out. He's fucking useless without his cell phone. He doesn't know where yeah. the fuck he's going. He's turned he around. He can't read so a map. Can't read a map. <laughs> he doesn't know south and west and north. And, like fucking awful driving around in circles ends up seeing uh, a woman on the side of the road. She comes up to him and is frantically speaking Spanish. And he's just kind of like freaking out. Like, I, I don't know, lady, I don't know what you're saying. Ah, and drives off, leaves her there by herself. And she's even in the book, like they're pretty clear that she's frantic, frantic, she's crazy. Screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is terrified. Like, Something is horribly wrong. But in the book, they don't tell you what she says. No, which I love that we, now we know what she says here. She, and she's just basically saying like, oh my God, something's wrong. I have nowhere to go. Help me, help me. Like, you My know, phone doesn't work. I don't know what's works. happening. Yeah. I need to get to town. Do you know anything? Can you help me? And he's and she's so frantic that he gets frantic and he oh doesn't God. want to let her into yeah. the car. And that scene is approximately the same until you get to the part where you see this drone it's a drone, yeah it's a right? drone yeah they said it's a drone it's a massive drone it's a massive it's one of those like big drones that looks like a plane a plane basically yeah and it's flying overhead where he is on that kind of dirt road where he finds this woman and it's dropping pamphlets yeah from afar it looks just like red things flying mm -hmm. so you don't know if it's if it's a gas if it's exactly if it's weapons if it's something you don't know what it is you just see red yeah exactly. until you get closer and then it's pamphlets and it's these pamphlets that, and I did kind of have an issue with this. Um, <laughs> it's pamphlets that are written very clearly and obviously in Arabic. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh. Mind you, this is made up. So this yeah, was exactly. not, this in, the was not in the book. Okay, Ruman Alam did not do this. He's not responsible for this. But these pamphlets are written in Arabic. 
course. And so I'm just like, of course we've got to go this route. Like, (laughs) of course we're going to fucking blame the the Arabs, of course. Like, so that that to me was very like, ugh, you know? Yeah. And then this is the best part. They fucking, the dad makes it to the house and he's holding these pamphlets and the son, what was his name? Archie? Archie, yeah. The son grabs the pamphlet. And it's like a white kid from New York. Oh my god! And he goes, "Most oh, random fucking." This kid. is death to America. <laughs> and I was like, "You don't fucking read Arabic, you little piece of shit." So it makes you question, like, what is he googling? What like, what googling? websites is he on? Oh like, god. what? What? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, not even I would know that. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm in the image business. You know, like I'm He's, in the storytelling business. Oh my god! He eventually said some shit like, "It's in my video game." I'm like, "What video games are what you playing? Video games are you want? Yeah, like that's that's fucking wild." So the kid is able to decipher. That it says death to America. And that was really confusing too, because I was like, is this a, a, like, like a ploy? Like, is Mm -hmm. this meant to distract? Is this, is this not real? Why are they telling us that they're coming for us? Exactly. Like, what was the point? Without knowing. Like, (laughs) so that that to me was kind of strange. I didn't want, like, it didn't, I just don't think that that had to be. No, I don't think so either. And then going back to the Kevin Bacon character. When they eventually go to meet this character, he's a general contractor that um, the George G.H. hired when they were redoing the house. And he's like, oh, he'll know. He'll have answers. And they go there and he's yeah. like, well, my buddy out in San Fran got the same flyers, but they're in Chinese or some sort of some sort of Asian. And you're like, what? And then, and then, but of course you're like, oh, of course. Of they're course. like blaming the, like they're someone yeah, in the someone East, in the you know? East like somewhere. It can't, yeah, it can't, yeah. It's it not going to be the French. So that was very strange. And mm. and I think that that was like a little, that was my only complaint that I yeah. was like, really? Like, you, take had, it like there you, you had in to play age. into the fear of like 9-11. I know. Like, it's, it's so American. Like, it's so fucking American. So I didn't You should just that. say it's Russia. That's more realistic. Yeah. Right just anyone else. <laughs> like be creative about it. North Korea. The whole world hates us. Take your pick. Yeah. There's it doesn't a have lot. to be the Arabs. It could be anybody else. They all I think hate Russia's us. Russia's good right now. So I might as well pick somebody else. Be creative is all I'm asking. Be creative be with our creative, enemies. You know what I mean? Like doesn't have to be the same fucking group. So to me that was a little bit like Ugh. But everything else, or like in compilation with that, I think was just really good. Yeah. I think it was like so perfectly engineered and the story flowed very nicely. Yeah. The movie is long. It's just over two hours, mm-hmm. but I thought it was good. It never felt like it was taking too long. It never felt too fast. It never felt like like the pace of the movie, I think, was great. Yeah. So I really liked that, too. I enjoy hunkering down for a good movie for a good, like, two hours if I know that it's, like, moving the right way, which was not an experience that I had this past weekend, by the way, when I went to see Ferrari. But that's going to be – that's a whole other conversation. Um, but I just thought it was so well, like, just written. Yeah. Because that really does it come really down good. to the, the kind of screenplay, I think. But I thought it was – so much fun to watch. No, it was good. It was, I actually felt bad that I watched it without Sean because I, you know, as we know with Daisy Jones and the Six, I had plenty of commentary saying, this isn't like this and it wasn't in Greece and blah, 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 that I just annoyed the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. So for this one, since I had only heard the, oh, they're already fucking it up or something from yeah. that initial text, yeah, I was like, let me just watch this on my own when he's at work. And I watched it and I was like, damn, this would have been a good one to have him on board for. Yeah, I think he would enjoy it. I mean, 
What's interesting is that I was talking to my brother about the movie last night because we recommended it to my dad. And my dad didn't really like it because he says that we overhyped it. Um, he was like, oh my God, you and your brother made it sound like it was so fucking good. But my brother also read the book. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And my brother told me that a lot of people, like friends and coworkers, have said that they enjoyed it, but they didn't like that there's no like resolution at the end. What? This is the most resolved. Okay, but that's that's exactly <laughs> what I said. And I was and I was thinking, I think the only people that think that are the people who read the book. Yeah. Because we're comparing it to a book that had a much looser mm-hmm. ending. Yeah that force you to kind of decide what happens to Rosie and to the family. Mm. But if you haven't read the book, you're like, wait, 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 she finds a bonker. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just assuming because to me, it yeah, feels very resolved regardless. It. Oh, but, for sure. But, but apparently if you didn't read the book, you don't feel like it was enough resolution for you. And I thought that was really interesting. No, it is. It is. Huh. Go figure. To me, it's resolved enough. Oh, it's for sure. so perfectly it's applied. Completely. Like they you, find you know. the bunker. She starts watching the end of the fucking movie. New York is fucked. New York They're is being the bombed. Bunker. The two women are holding hands, which implies that there's a unity now mm-hmm. between the two families. And you hear Julia Roberts screaming for Rosie when she's yeah. outside of the house. It means that Rosie will come out or Julia Roberts will come yeah. into the house. And then all of them will end up in the bunker. Yeah. It's so Even Archie obvious. missing his teeth. <laughs> oh my God. That, was, that scene that's, is in both the, that the movie is, and the book. We'll let you watch that. It's well, but in the book it was treated better. Yeah, in the movie it was too much. In the movie he's like pulling his well, teeth out. Well, in the book well, he wakes up and they're just falling out, which I I can accept more than someone just yanking their forcibly. Fucking, that was yanking that was wild. It's like don't touch them, boy. Yeah, don't touch what them. The fuck are you doing? That was wild. Yeah. And again, like that was actually the one thing that even though it sounds weird it kind of solidified for me when i was reading the book that it's war yes like radiation like yeah like radiation or something in the water yeah yes they're poisoning us some way or it's the it was the thing that i was like yep it's got to be war because nothing else not a cyber attack nothing would explain all of the shit that happened it has to be war and so in the movie I'm glad that they were like, yeah, it's war. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's war. And I was like, oh, okay, it's cool. kind of obvious throughout the book. I mean, the book is still so unknown, but you you lean towards something. You, you Everyone comes up with some sort of, yeah. you know, conclusion or theory. And to me, no questions asked. It was war. Yeah. And I think that in the, in the, in the movie, it was clever of them to have confused you at the beginning and be yes, like oh yes, look it's yes. a cyber attack and you're like what the fuck and that's just, so annoyed i was yeah, like yeah. fuck and you tell me the first 20 minutes is cyber bullshit. shit you're like oh napster like i'm gonna get a virus exactly. <laughs> like you don't think about all the real shit that comes with it <laughs> exactly and then it's like oh the reason that they were so callous and threw cyber attack at you is because it was just one tiny element of everything else that comes with war yeah yeah and I was like, oh. It's a symptom of okay. war. So I don't get, like, what more do you people want? I want to talk to some of these people that are like, oh, and they, they didn't have enough resolution. What more do you want? What more do you want? You want to see them all sitting in the bunker watching Friends together? Kumbaya, watching like, Friends. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, the movie obviously had to end with just Rosie because she was, like, the young child who saw everything, felt everything, kept harping on this whole thing about how she wanted to keep watching friends and mm-hmm. that she knew that something sinister was stopping her and she's the important character. So to me it was like as soon as you see her little eyes 
yeah. watching the screen. Light up. That's like, how it oh. ends. I was like, oh, it could not, it could not have been more perfect. So again, what more do you fucking want? DM us. Please with, DM with us. your needs for those, this movie. Yeah, those of you who are like, I don't know, I don't feel like I got what I needed. <laughs> fucking send me a DM and explain yourself. Because you're wrong. That's all I have to say to you. You're wrong. You are wrong. Change your opinion. You're wrong. Your opinion, my feelings don't care about your facts. <laughs> I wholeheartedly thought that this was brilliantly put together at the end. I thought it was two hours of entertainment, of great family dynamics. Mm -hmm. You hate and you love these characters at different times. And it brings out the best and the worst in people. And it's a comment on, on class, on race, on just family on what happens when you are stuck with people or in within a community that is under attack it, and survival and survival and, and instincts yes and, yeah. it's just it's so brilliant and the book I, i'm not gonna say which one is better no no they have they're different they're different i think that the movie piggybacked off the book yeah. which i think was super clever and really well done. I think the book is obviously the OG, mm -hmm. but I think if you haven't read the book and you watch the movie, you're gonna be like, this is really fucking entertaining and I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. It was a good one. Overall, I would say check it out. Check it out. Make sure to watch it. You'll probably like it. Send us a DM. Send us a DM. Uh, next on our From the Page to the Screen, we still haven't seen the other black girl. Yeah. We need to watch That's that. That's the next one. It's, I'm worried about that. I'm worried. One. That one's on Hulu. Hulu. And it's a series, which always results in a very different yes. I think, kind of situation and commentary than a movie. The movie was perfect for this. Yeah, because it's a short book. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that I'm one. I'm worried. I'm worried too. But I'm worried. we will do the heavy lifting and watch it for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we will report back. And we'll let you know if it's worth it, because that's what we do. <laughs> we let you know if it's worth watching. But I will say, <laughs> of all the adaptations that we've reviewed, or I should say, let's include some of the adaptations that maybe we haven't reviewed, but that we've read the book, like let's say Crawdads, right? Yes, we never yeah, did yeah, an yeah. We never did episode, but Crawdads, me and you talked about that thoroughly. But we talked about yeah. it. But we've read a lot of books that have had adaptations. For me, my top is still red, white, and royal blue. That one's cute. But this is a close second. This is really, really good. And yeah, no, they're both good. My most hated is Daisy Jones and the Six. Daisy Jones and the Six can go fuck itself. <laughs> can go fuck itself. But you, what do you like? Do you think you like this one more than Red, White, and Royal Blue? I don't know. I like them both, but you know, I, 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 I lean dark. You do. I'm a dark girl, so when I see something eerie, suspenseful, fucked up, I just like a fucking yeah, you're, fly you're, to the yeah, line. I'm are. just like, mm, buzzing. Yeah. But like if you put that, cause, and actually, that, you know what? No, we can't put that aside because I'm definitely like a romance girl. Yeah. Yeah, like I love romance novels and like rom-coms. So it would make sense that I like Red, White, and White the most. But I think if you put aside like the preferences, it's actually really, really hard it's to decide. It's really hard because they're both incredibly well they're done. They're both really well done and they do like they, they do the book justice. Yes. And that's which is the, best, the most important thing. Yeah. That's most important to us. And they both do the same. They do. So. Even with the changes. Like yeah. we discussed the changes. Yes. Red, white, and royal blue quite a bit. And we were cool with the changes. Yes. They were From queen to king, not having the sister June, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, it worked. It worked. So I'm okay. I'm not a stickler to 
the original narrative and details of a book. I think if you have to change things in order to make an adaptation better, I think it's totally worth it. As long as you're doing the book justice, as long as you're kind of piggybacking off of the idea and you're still allowing the book to shine through in a strong way, I think these two movies are actually proof. And especially this movie, because they added scenes that didn't exist. In Red, White, and Royal Blue, there's things that just couldn't be added. Yes, yes, exactly. Because the book is much longer. They edited it down. They edited it down, whereas here they were like, this is a, what, 140-page book? It was so short, yeah. So we have to add scenes. And what they added was also great. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, I think it's really about how it does the book justice and if it does the book justice. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. I think that's our new, like scale here like our rating yeah did it do the book justice or not yeah yay or nay yeah that is the judge and jury here yeah daisy nay fuck that nay nay fucking nay 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 (laughs) oh thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us if you love our podcast subscribe and give us all the fucking stars because yeah it's worth it. We're worth it. <laughs> We're worth it. Um, if you are on Instagram, because you're probably a millennial like us, follow us at Pouring Over Pages Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. Go on our Etsy shop. Buy all the merch. It's super fucking cute. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.